Welcome everybody to Let the Fright One In. I am Edgar with your co-host Ashley De La Muertos. Ashley, how are you? That's me, your <laughs> spooky vampire bimbo cowboy extraordinaire. Oh, I'm doing great. <laughs> you've leveled how up since. How are you, the... Edgar? Not bad. It's been a while. It's been a while. To quote one of the best songs ever, never mm-hmm. Creed. No. Oh. Um, how have you been? You want to give us a little update? Uh, so I am a tattoo artist now. Mm. I have three jobs now. Before we were complaining about how I kept leaving jobs and going to other jobs. Now I have three of them. I'm, I'm collecting them like Pokemon. Mm. <laughs> how about you? Fair, fair, fair. Uh, same thing. Uh, you know, still surviving. Um, sorry, let me just say that again. Um, same thing, still surviving. Uh, just a little bit all over the place again. I have moved across country yet again. This is maybe mm-hmm. my one, two, three, fourth time. Yeah, fourth time. Damn. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm also, you know, hitting that bingo card uh, mm-hmm. for for goals, maybe. I don't know. I'm still struggling to survive. <laughs> so, yeah. Trying to thrive, but this is why we're here, uh, to do some of the things that we love and to talk about spooky movies. Ashley, what are we yes, talking about today? where people don't survive. Hey, uh, <laughs> some people survive. Ah, uh, maybe one. Usually one. Most of them don't. <laughs> that was like a, a theme that I was picking up off of uh, some horror movies that I, I was looking into uh, recently, mm-hmm. like the protagonist that is doomed to fail from the beginning so mm-hmm. we're just on this journey with them and how since the from the beginning of the movie it was an inciting incident and then from there just things get worse and worse and worse and then we're rooting along with them the entire time and nothing happens <laughs> things just get progressively progressively worse. like for example um, drag me to hell you know where she's basically trying to get herself out of that situation the entire time and then you know spoiler alert she gets dragged to hell (laughs) (laughs) do you mean they did put the title of the movie in the movie (laughs) Mm -hmm. exactly (laughs) uh, another one would be like Candyman. you know like the, the the recent one we saw uh, Mm -hmm. a couple years ago where basically that main character um played by yeah yeah uh yeah just you root for him but there's no way to get out of that yeah i just it's a thing that i want to revisit and kind of want to like do like a thing on basically these these tragic stories essentially but that's not what we're here talking about today Nah, we're here to talk about barbarian boom oh you've got to be kidding me Yeah. This is 476 Barbary, right? Yeah, I'm renting this place. No, I booked it a month ago. Are you sure you have the right place? Yeah. What am I supposed to do? Why don't you come inside and we'll call these idiots. Why don't you just crash here? Oh, no. I don't know if you got a great look at this neighborhood, but I don't think you should be out there by yourself. It's dry and there's a lock on the door. By the way, I'm Keith. Tess. You take the bedroom and I'll sleep out here on the couch. 
Directed by Matt, uh, what is it, Zach Kreger uh, from The Whitest Kids You Know. I don't know if you know that. Uh, no. So that's like a comedy troupe uh, on IFC. Um, and I picked that up. I, I remember watching that show like a while ago and I was like, dude, this guy's directing this movie. This is hilarious. Um, just a funny coincidence. Apparently he's a big horror guy. And I think it actually works really well because Barbarian, even though it is a horror movie, it's got a little funny. A little yucks in there that are really welcomed i feel like comedy has been forgotten about in horror as of late it's been all about like how much nasty shit can we show you instead of like hey let's throw in a joke it'll just be like let's just gross you out well it's also like a joke here and there yeah like he's got a good sense of pacing and Mm -hmm. he's able to throw in a a couple of jokes that you know might lighten the mood a little bit and kind of uh i don't say you know give you a false sense of security for for the moment to really hit you with something later when i was watching this movie i was watching it with my friend my bestie who i'm gonna give her a fake name In case she doesn't want to be mentioned, her name is Penelope. And Penelope doesn't really like horror movies. She likes them. Like, she'll watch them. Like, she's seen some fucked up ones, like the Poughkeepsie tapes. But I showed her audition and she was so traumatized. She was shaking in the car for like the entire 30 minute drive back home. Wait, you said she saw what? The Poughkeepsie tapes. No, before that, were you saying she saw another thing or just Poughkeepsie? Yeah, because I heard Poughkeepsie tapes is kind of rough. Yes, it's super duper duper rough. And then I showed her audition and she was so traumatized by audition. She was shaking the whole drive back home. So I'm like, where, what is your, I'm always trying to figure out like, what, what is the levels of horror that you can take? I don't understand it. Audition is a, yeah, like we talked about in another episode and Mm -hmm. it's, audition is, is, is intense, more psychological with like, yeah you know sprinkling of gore 
Um, mm-hmm. But but I think it definitely and I think this movie is a little bit similar that way where it's just like it doesn't beat you over the head with a ton of gory stuff. But it, it when like it does, it sprinkles it, it in nicely. A hundred percent, which is one of those things where, you know, you're going to remember those few scenes rather than if it's just nonstop blood fest from beginning to end. I agree. And I think that's super, like you were saying earlier, that the pacing was really good. I, re- I was actually recommended this movie by a girl who works at a bar. And she, right before I left, was like, you need to watch Barbarian. And I was like, for you, anything. Of course, I'll go watch Barbarian. (laughs) So I was already having it in my watch list because of her. And when I watched it with Christine on that fateful day, um, I was not expecting to like this movie as much as I did. And that the very first, like, kill that occurs on screen, we both literally, like... (gasps) Because it was just like, oh, oh, did that just really happen? And the way that it cut directly to a different, like, happy scene, I was like, what is, what is good? We were, like, so confused, and it made us so much more tense. Like, the whole movie felt so tense. Like, this was definitely a movie, like, I kept telling her, like, this is a movie made by someone who loves horror movies. Because he was like, all right, I know how to build tension. I know how to, like... I know all the tropes, so I'm going to sprinkle those tropes in, get you feeling like, ah, this girl, you know, she's getting her Airbnb, the information, like, everything looks kind of sketchy. Yeah, let's... Like, the information's not matching up. Let's start from the beginning. All right, so so from the beginning, we we are with our main character, uh, Tess, Mm -hmm. or one of our main characters, and she, it's a rainy night uh, in Detroit. Uh, It's dark. And she's checking into an Airbnb. She's, you know, we get in a little backstory where, you know, she's um, sending calls from potential, which we don't know yet. It might be her her boyfriend, ex-boyfriend to voicemail. And then she checks into an Airbnb and she can't get the key. And there's somebody there staying there instead. And apparently there's a big mix up, right? Like, what would you do in that situation, Ashley? Like, you are a woman. At, at night, checking into an Airbnb, and there's some dude there that you don't know who's trying to be nice. Um, he is. Bill Skarsgård was trying really hard to be nice. He was like, yeah, like, I totally understand. Like, this is super weird. And, like, in your brain, and as a woman, I was like, he's a killer. He's a killer. He's a killer. He's going to kill me. He did this on purpose. This was a trap. This is a trap. Like, the whole... And she... You can tell that she was even feeling that way. She was, like, not accept. Like, not really accepting the situation too much. She was super suspicious, which makes her a a way likable protagonist. Because so often, women are portrayed as like, oh, yeah, you're here too. (laughs) Teehee. There's only one bed left in the hotel room fanfic universe. Like, (laughs) I've seen this narrative before. Oh, meet cute. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) teehee. It's so crazy, guys. Oh, and I no, just, she was like, wait, actually, real it. quick moment of mm-hmm. m- was it moment of clarity? Uh, uh, yes. Horror movie mashup. Meet cute kill. Boom. Patent pending. <laughs> put it put it in the book. All right. Continue. <laughs> All right. Let me scribble that. I'm but as a woman, I was feeling exactly like her. I actually would not have stayed at all. I simply would have left. It does not matter that Bill Skarsgård 
is a handsome man some I would have been like damn that sucks I better get a hotel even though he was like oh when he was like there's like a dentist convention or something like that I don't remember what it was it was a convention of some sort he's like I think all the hotels are booked I my heart was like no 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 there, there's no convention how would you know that there's a convention there, no no so I, I did not trust him at all which is it's completely fine. And most of the women I've spoke to about this movie would be like, no, never in a fucking million years would have gone into that fucking house, you know? And then like, she steps into the house and then we get the title, you know, barbarian. And from the trailer, we are totally led to believe like, this is basically the movie. Like we think she's going to get into this house with Bill Skarsgård. Bill Skarsgård is going to be the killer or, you know, there's going to be like a lot of torture involved or something like that. And, Mm -hmm. you know, then we are led into what is seemingly a lovely night for most of the part. (laughs) Yep. You know, see, she steps into the house. She's very uneasy. They confirm uh, bookings. She's still on edge. He's offering, he's trying to be a good host, even though he is, it's not his place. You know, he's also there uh, uh, renting the Airbnb. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she, Tess is very hesitant. She won't take the tea. She won't take the wine. But, you know, they start to get Even to- though the wine bottle's unopened, she's like, I bet you still fucked with that. And she's just, like, not having it. Well, 100%. Which, again, makes her so likable. Yeah, a hundred fucking... Which is becoming more and more um, common. The character that is very aware of, you know, danger. And is just going to be like, fuck no, I'm not doing that. And I'm appreciating that more and more these days. So then... We're tired of dumb protagonists. Oh. (laughs) But sometimes shit happens to you, right? Yeah. Life happens. That's the even scarier is when you're not dumb. You did try to do everything right and you still like end up in a fucked up situation. I think that's why we all like collectively gravitate towards those protagonists because it's like, fuck. You know you're truly fucked when you did everything as right as you could and you still get fucked. Oh, well there is a I'm going through this this horror novel right now and it's basically Ooh, based it's a final girl support group by Grady Hendrix, <laughs> the guy who wrote mm-hmm. my best friend's exorcism, mm. which is on Amazon prime. Now I think uh, they made it into a movie. The guys bring like a bunch of horror fiction. These are really cute. Um, titles. Yeah, yeah. So then final girl support group is basically like taking all the final girls in this world, final girls are a real thing and they've all been made into movie franchise and are based off of real characters. So there's like mm. uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre trope, uh, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, you know, Halloween one, but they're all named different things. And these girls have, you know, they're basically kind of like Laurie Strode in the the final trilogy of Halloween, essentially. You know, like they've all grown mm. older. They're all very smart. But then... Even though when you are smart, like, shit just goes wrong. Yeah. So then, all right, so getting back to the movie, we they switch rooms, or essentially, he, mm-hmm. Bill Skarsgård gives up his room. And I also like how the director, uh, Zach Kreger, basically subverts your expectations by, you know, yes. putting Bill Skarsgård, which is infamous, infamously known as, you know, our new Pennywise, essentially, for this generation. Yeah. Um, which is which is fine, you know. Like I, I get it. It's it's fun, you know, because you put him in the role and you think, you're gonna automatically assume he's the villain. Yeah, exactly. Which I mean, I would not automatically assume that because, like, oh yeah, you're just gonna. But yeah, but most people will. And then there there's also other 
subvert subversions essentially yeah. like when we get to our other character played by Justin Long, who is essentially usually the nice guy in every movie, but turns out he's a big fucking asshole in this movie. He's literally such a piece of shit. <laughs> All right, but we're getting there. We're getting there. Okay. So then, so then essentially in the middle of the night, we notice that Tess's room is um, being opened. And I'm just like, and fast forward, Tess goes on the interview, you know, Bill Skarsgård leaves a, a, a note, you know, there might be some romance happening in the future. She goes on her interview. She, her potential new boss, uh, her interviewee, essentially, her potential employers be like, you're fucking staying where? <laughs> like, no, you should get the fuck out of there, essentially. You're staying in the ass crack of hell? <laughs> Maybe rethink your choices. Yeah, so then when we see her neighborhood where the Airbnb is staying, uh, where she is currently staying. Because, yes, it's revealed the horrors she's basically staying in like the worst neighborhood possible where like most of the houses aren't even it's not even like low-income housing there is like no housing this is like the only house on the block most of the houses are burned yeah. down dilapidated like there is nobody staying there except for what we come to uh, find out later maybe like one homeless man standing at the factory down the street mm-hmm um, and then fast forward to, you know, she decides to stay at the Airbnb for another day and she go, she finds herself locked in the basement, which I'm like, oh, man, I mean, I've been locked out of my house before. I've been locked out of my car before. I don't think I've ever been locked inside of something why do people go into i why why go into a basement you need to wash your clothes you know you're not going to be there that many days <laughs> just keep it in a little garbage bag well i also like wouldn't have like if i'm no i'm not, not coming back to the airbnb i'm taking all my shit with me and i'm never seeing that place ever again you know yeah but you know she thought she was gonna come back she didn't realize that she was a te- it is a nice airbnb you know it is a nice house oh yeah it's super cute like the airbnb when you see it, it's like aesthetically pleasing, uh, you know, very Instagrammable, <laughs> very cute. Yeah, a ripped from the page of an Instagram or a Pinterest, you know, uh, board. Absolutely. So she finds, so then she decides, so she starts looking around the basement and she finds a creepy rope, you know, latch yeah. coming out of the wall, which is even creepier <laughs> than like, like just. You would think looking at it, you're like, who? designed this like why would anyone have a creepy little rope for you to pull it was i was like again but then again you know she opens up the door and reveals a hallway and you know smart character that Tess is she's like no <laughs> i'm not fucking going down there which is fair like even i would have been really fucking hesitant to go fucking down there like i wouldn't have pulled that rope <laughs> Oh, that's fair. You would you you would have survived. You might have survived till the till the night. I might have survived. Yeah, but I would. Why why pull the rope? I, I see a creepy little rope. I say goodbye. <laughs> no more rope. But yeah, she does open it, and then it reveals a super creepy fucking dark hallway that looks like an abyss. Which you know she's she's also she's very resourceful. She gets a mirror. She reflects it into the hallway, the which I wouldn't have thought of. I was like, oh, shit, that's pretty good. You know, she she takes a look. She sees a room down there. She takes a look. And she and they reveal a fucking nastiest fucking bed and a camera stand. 
and then we're led to believe like, oh shit, some dark shit goes down down here. Like hell yeah, which is the bed was gray brown. It, it's like the kind of color that you you've seen like abandoned buildings that it's been used, abused, and left behind is what it looks like. Well, not only that, like it's remember I think I sent you a video and a not, bucket and a oh a shit bucket. Oh. And, and the camera stand like that's that's so fucked um but remember i might have sent you a video not too long ago or something like this where there was a door inside a shower and they go yes they go down like a whole story or like a whole basement down and then there is a creepy ass room like this with a bed in there and i'm like nope Un- unacceptable yes, i remember and it like didn't even have a mattress it was just like the wire frame oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah exactly <laughs> uh, real life horror uh <laughs> the um we then tess uh, steps out of the hallway she's visited again by keith keith just happens to show up again just in the nick of time you know and she decides to tell keith to uh, there's a bunch of shit down there and we need to leave this fucking place right now. Smart. But Keith is on the dumb side of the protagonist scale. So he's just like, no, let's just take a look. And we don't see Keith ever again. He, well, that's not true. <laughs> no, pretty much. He just, yeah, no. He pretty much just disappears for, for the next minute. You know, and then what do we find? Tess finds a hallway at the end of a hallway. Which, which I want to mention the framework in that build, in that part of the area, as they, as she keeps descending further and further, at some point looks like a coffin. Oh, I didn't pick up on that. Yeah, they, yeah, they specifically had the like, because it's not a ceiling, because you're going down. I don't know, but it's like the woodwork that's there. It's shaped with like the angle of the hallway. It makes it look like a little coffin, which I thought was a really cool little visual touch. Oh. <laughs> and we could maybe like you know say this might be like a metaphor for she's basically just you know stepping into the fucking bowels of hell or some bullshit like that you know if you want to get that fucking yeah. you know explaining with it but you know it's just she goes looking for keith because she's essentially a good person and she can't leave somebody behind you know he disappeared and then we find keith in the in a pitch black hallway um, below the depths of this house and he's just like we gotta go we gotta go and then i don't know if you want he's like screaming too he's like something bit me oh yeah yeah, he's like and he's freaking the fuck out and this is probably like the best thing in the fucking movie the entire like i really thought like we were gonna get like a whole a whole family of things but just in this in two seconds keith shows up he starts screaming he starts freaking out and then he is just fucking beat into death by this giant fucking creature that comes out of nowhere and like i said it's one of the best scenes in the entire fucking movie and then dare i say he was clobbered oh we are here with a little bit of foreshadowing when they're having their meet cute and you know basically teth is is explaining her relationship and then you know he he's saying that like oh whatever essentially keith says the line girls can do the ripping too huh yeah yeah oh exactly (laughs) (laughs) i didn't even pick up on that till like this like my second or third rewatch i was just like oh shit oh you've watched it three times uh i think i saw it once without the sound on just to like get familiar with it because i was working 
and mm. I, I try to rewatch it just so I can get ready for you know so we so we can talk about it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, the well, it's on HBO, you know, I think, and other sites. I saw it one faith, faithful time with Christine, and Christine was shitting herself. Sorry, Penelope. <laughs> give, me, give me Penelope. <laughs> me and Penelope, she was shitting herself. Um, every time I would look over, she was literally qu- quivering in fucking fright. It because she's super duper duper empathetic. So everything and anything that happens to the character, she literally feels like it's happening to her. So every tension, every awkward moment, the second that Bill Skarsgård got demolished, just dissolved, like the lungs closed up we literally sucked in all the air in the room just (gasps) when that happened because we were just like holy shit holy shit holy shit and then bam car scene we're driving on the beach of like santa monica and we're like what the fuck (laughs) like what the fuck just happened exactly we (laughs) we jump uh to our other protagonist um aj played by justin long who we find out is a struggling carbo man he's a what He's a Garbo man. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's uh, essentially a struggling actor who might be uh, being prosecuted for some sexual, for assault, sexual some assault. light sexual assault. You know, and you know we don't know if he's telling the truth or not, or you know, but we later find out that yeah, he's basically a big piece of shit. Um, and and it's just the more we find out more and more about Keith, the more we just tend to dislike him. Essentially, you know, we find yeah. out he's the owner of the Airbnb. He skips town, um, even against the you know advice of his lawyer. He's just like, well, I need money to pay for the Airbnb, or I need money to pay for the lawyer because he finds out he's gonna essentially be broke after this because he probably won't be working. And yeah. he's thinking about selling the Airbnb. He goes there and he finds all of uh, Tess's and Keith's stuff, and he's like, "Who the fuck is staying in my place?" And fun fact, which is when you find out that nobody was supposed to stay in that place. The Airbnb wasn't even active, which was weird because or I think they I think what they said was that it's not cleaned until there's another booking. So there hasn't been another booking because nobody would stay in that fucking part of town. So that's why he was like, why hasn't this place been cleaned? That's how I saw it, but I could be wrong. Oh, I saw it as, um, why is anybody being, like, in here? Like, the Airbnb hasn't been active. Like, it wasn't supposed, like, no one was supposed to be here. No, I don't know. I think that's, I think the way, yeah, the way I saw it was that it doesn't get cleaned until there's somebody else new coming in, essentially. So you don't have to just, like, clean it for no reason. Because if not, dust accumulates and stuff like that. Um, It's potentially between bookings. But, yeah. Well, all right. Open interpretation, maybe. I don't know. I have to take a look. I have to take a look at that that scene again, which would be even creepier though, because I would even know how that would have happened. Then, like, why? Exactly, because that's how I took it. Because I like they had already introduced these slightly supernatural elements, like the door opening all by itself, uh, Keith having like a little seizure, the in my mind the Airbnb booking not even supposed to having existed was like introducing all the like oh this is a supernatural spooky <laughs> um which i mean at the point i mean at this point we had no idea what we we're getting up until we see keith 
being, you know, turned into fucking hamburger meat. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, fun fact, when we do see Keith go out that night after he basically tells his mom that he's not in town because he's a big piece of shit, um, that he's out at the bar with his friend who is played by Max Kreger, the director. Uh, oh, I didn't know. Yeah, he just did a little, I mean, you know, why not? If you got a minor part. And then during that part, we find out that AJ essentially forced himself on his coworker. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we feel nothing for, for AJ. And we want many bad things to happen to him. Um, so then yes. we go back to, it's the next day. AJ's looking through all of Tess and Keith's stuff. And then he thinks they still might be in the house. So he goes down into the basement and that's where he finds the hallway. And instead of AJ being precautious and, you know, our smart protagonist, he is a very selfish protagonist. He's basically just He's like, let me get my measuring tape. Dude, <laughs> such the douchiest thing ever. Yeah. He literally is calls his insurance and is like, can I put the square footage of like an attic basement <laughs> attached to my house to like increase the property value? Yeah, because like how far does that even go? I mean, all right, I, granted, I know this isn't real because it was like made in. Um, so, fun fact another fun fact this was shot in Budapest, um, even though oh, it's made to cool. look. Budapest? Beirut? Budapest. Somewhere in the. <laughs> B? Somewhere in Eastern Europe. I can't remember exactly okay. where. Uh, but I think it was a soundstage. And they built all this stuff. But, like, if this was really Detroit where this is supposed to take place, like, how deep would that go? Because you have a basement that goes down essentially maybe 10, 15 feet. And then you're going down. And then it keeps going down a hallway. Dude, it, keeps going, it keeps going down deep. And then it keeps going down into the lair of the monster. And then it keeps going down more, uh, like, it, ke- it just keeps going and going and going and going and going. So <laughs> until you reach the layer, the two layers, and I mean, granted, maybe this isn't that big, but when it's dark, like it's a big, everything seems big. Everything. I mean, you just you don't you can't scope how how much space is in there when you can't see anything, right? The so we go back to AJ, and he's basically taking the square footage of the. He first finds the. The essentially the room with the bed and the camera stand, which he's not he's not phased by. He just like, keeps measuring everything, and like you're just like, oh, this guy's fucking gross. <laughs> I just couldn't. Mm. He is gross. <laughs> like there 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 is like a handprint on the wall, and you don't know if that's blood or shit. And he's just and he's like chilling. Love that interior decorating. Oh my god! Like at one point, he like he reacts. He's like, "Oh, gross!" But like that's the most you get from him. And then he finds the door to the stairs, and then he's just like, "Oh, sweet, more space." <laughs> and he essentially like just winds up in the like until the point that his little like tape measure stops. Like it gets like a kink in it, right? Or like something moves it. Um, I think somebody. And I think he's like, what the I, fuck? I can't remember. If I don't know if it like it, it's like grabbed out of his hand, maybe. Um, but we're talking about like some of those measuring tapes go like 25, 30 feet. So like if he he runs out of space, you know, like that's how that's how much feet we're talking about going into the earth. Which I'm like, oh, that's crazy. <laughs> I get a little claustrophobic sometimes with like tight spaces, and yeah. you know, not having a way out of things. Um, so hashtag real life horror. 
Um, and then we run into, I'm not, I can't remember. Does he fall into the pit first or does he like run away? He falls into the pit. It like jerks his little tape measure and <laughs> the, he finds the monster and she throws him into the pit. That's where he finds Tess. <laughs> Which we find out Tess is still alive and she's been Tess there still for. Tess because she's a bad bitch. Because <laughs> she's been there for whoever knows how long. I think she. I think it might have been like two. I think the the lady at the Airbnb or the rental company said like nobody's been there for two weeks or something like that. So we kind of pick up that Tess might have been there for two weeks essentially, which nobody's come to look for. You know, which is a, another thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> so then we are introduced again to our creature. And is trying to feed AJ a bottle of milk, and Tess is a just a bottle of milk with the Ugh. biggest rubber nipple Nasty ever. Nasty <laughs> rubber nipples, yes. I was just like, ugh. They're like clown rubber nipples. They're so absurdly large. Uh, I mean, like, which I think. All right, in a second, I think it's kind of explained why it might because I think they might be very old rubber nipples. Um. But yeah. I don't know if it was made to look like that, but it, it, well done, regardless, because it looks gross. Yes. Yeah, obscene. Um, so then Tess is being like, just just drink it. Just drink it. And AJ's like, what the fuck is going on? He's freaking the fuck out because he's a nervous little wreck and he doesn't know what to do with himself. And then think he upsets. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, no, that's what it is. Tess is just like, she just wants you to play her baby. <laughs> yes. And I'm like, she's she figured out the code of like keeping the little creature at bay. She you have to pretend to be a baby and just like accept her smothering mothering or you will die. Because Keith slash Bill Skarsgård freaked the ever loving fuck out and that freaked her out. She was like, bad baby, you get to die. But because Tess, I guess, appeased her and just was her baby, she got to live, live in the pit, but she got to live. You also get to see that creepy room with the TV, with the like nursing breastfeeding videos too. Yeah, yeah, that's a uh, yeah, that's very unsettling. And then we jump again to another <laughs> another point in, in our story where we're set back. It looks like it might be the '80s, and we were in the same neighborhood, and we're following this gentleman played by Richard Brake. Um, from a lot of the, uh, I believe Rob Zombie movies, you know. Oh shit! Yeah, I think I think I think he's I think he might be that dude. I think I remember that guy saying a lot of the word motherfucker. But yeah, and then we follow we follow this character Frank. We notice that we're in the same neighborhood. It is very nice. Um, it looks like a working class neighborhood, probably middle class. Um, everybody, everybody has their lawns cut. It is beautiful. And we're following Frank as he goes and picks up a couple things. And turns out we get a little bit of information that Frank is going to be having a kid and it's going to be a home birth. And we're just like, Oh, cool. Oh, I didn't see a woman. <laughs> the, and we follow Frank out of the grocery store. And then he just turns out to be following a woman and he acts like a electrician. And he kind of like opens or kind of like leaves the window unlocked. Turns out Frank might be a serial killer or 
well, a serial killer, rapist slash uh, abductor. Um, very BTK like as far as like I think that's what BTK would do. He would like act like a security guard, or he worked for a security guard company at one point. Yeah, he was pretending to be like uh, a mechanic or like oh I'll fix your uh, I'll fix your refrigerator. I think that's what it was, or his a- the AC. It was something. He was like oh I I need to help you fix this. Oh no, he goes around. He, he goes around and the lady be like oh there's been a which is funny because. If you read the name on the his jumpsuit, it says Carlos, <laughs> and yeah. he's like he doesn't look like a Carlos, obviously. <laughs> and he looks like his name is Frank. <laughs> yeah, it's basically he goes around saying like, "Oh, there's been a, a reported power outages, and we just need to check your meter." That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. and we we just get a little bit of information, which is just the like just enough. He goes back home, and. You know, he goes down into the basement and all you hear is screaming, essentially. And then we cut back to present day and we get the same hallway and we get the same house. So then we realize that we just basically saw the same house and just basically in the past and a little bit more information as to what is really going down underneath um, 478 Barbary Street. Damn, you remember that? I did my I did my the homework. Street. I did my homework, Ashley. You remember? <laughs> no, I wrote some stuff down. You know, you know, uh, you got to come prepared for, for good work. Yes. So then we, we cut back to which uh, actually I don't remember this part, so you can pick up here because I don't remember uh, a whole lot of how. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So we jump back to Tess. Uh, Tess takes advantage yes. that, you know, the the monster's away for a second. The monster's away. She left. She left the, the cage open. Hundred percent. Yeah. The pit is open. Um, she took because AJ. Justin AJ. I don't remember his name. AJ is like refusing to do what Mama wants. So Mama snatches him up, takes him to breastfeeding video room. She's like, "Hell yeah, motherfucker! It's time for my escape." While she's distracted, so she starts going and running at top speed she sees the weird breastfeeding moment which feels very uh vindicating because we know that uh aj is an essayer uh Uh, so it's like haha take that bitch you didn't want that girl didn't want you to do whatever you did to her and you certainly don't want this to happen to you suck my dick (laughs) i suck my dick (laughs) suck my i actually suck my tit for in this case yeah literally and she starts bolting, but then she's like, fuck, I gotta save this man. I can't let homie die down there. And this just kind of lets you know that she essentially is a decent human being because yeah. she doesn't know um, that AJ sucks. AJ sucks. We know, but we're like, we so we're rooting for her to just leave, you know, leave him to his doom. Um, you don't have to go back for him. It'll be fine, you know. Yes, that's when you meet a homeless man, and he's like, "Little girl, get out of that house. That house is the like the devil's house. The, the weird shit happened to that house, especially at night. That creature starts running amok." Yeah, essentially, we get a little bit more exposition where the homeless man has probably been living there for a long time, and I think he said like fifteen years. Okay. And he basically knows that 
he's basically seen her walking around like some sort of fucking cryptid in the neighborhood. He's like, she comes out at night. We got to fucking leave now. And he's like, and I actually don't remember. She Tess ca- calls the police. She calls the police, right? No, no. To hel- yeah, to or she help walks AJ. To, no, no, I think she walks to the gas station. She calls, yes, she calls the cops. The she calls the cops the first time when the homeless man uh, assaults, or doesn't assault her, but he's trying to warn her, like, don't go in, into the house. Um, but, you know, she calls the cops on him, and then the cops are basically being like, mm, we don't see anything, everything's fine, bye. Yes, and she's like, no, like, there's a guy down there, you have to help us, and they're they're not having it. Yeah, and then... So then she escapes, she finds the cops again at a gas station, and then they're basically just think she's some sort of basically just a druggie. And she doesn't have any ID because she's like, I don't have any of my stuff. I lost it. I was kept prisoner. I've been down there for I don't know how long. And he's just like, yeah, yeah, just get the fuck away from us, <laughs> essentially, is what the cops are saying to her. And it's just like, uh, like, she's doing everything right. She's doing everything right, but shit just keeps going. She's wrong. doing everything to be a good person. Yeah, you know, like she did find the cops, but the cops don't want to fucking believe her because, and like, moreover, right? Like, where where some victims don't want to be believed because, you know, who they are, their gender, you know, whatever predisposed, uh, predisposed biases the, the police have, like, yeah. kind of hits a little too real for, for a second, you know? And yeah. I, I appreciate it where some of this stuff isn't beat, it doesn't beat you over the head with it. It's just kind of, like I said, all this stuff has sprinkled. It's very hands. realistic, except the supernatural parts. Yeah, obviously. yeah, yeah. Well, we get to that part, you know, in a second. Um, so I guess... I don't remember this part, though. She goes back downstairs to get him? So, yeah. Because they're, like, refusing. They're like, lady, you are just trying to bother this person's home. So she's like, fuck all of y'all. I'm going to save this guy then. Because I'm a good person. I'm not going to let him die. But first, she gets her car keys. (laughs) So that she can escape. And I think like before she goes to save him, she's like, haha, not forgetting my car keys, though. At least she like breaks the window, gets her car keys. And then she's like, OK, now I can go downstairs. So you see her go downstairs and she saves homie. Well, I think from- I uh, I think what happens is that when she goes and leaves, when when she's escaping, she hits the measuring tape. She makes a noise. Mm-hmm. The creature freaks out. Um, yeah. Uh, goes after her and that gives time for Justin Long to essentially escape the nursing room. And That's but he right, yes. but he goes the opposite way. He goes deeper into yes, the he cavern. Meets the, yeah. He meets uh Carlos. Carlos <laughs> aka yes, Frank. He's watching yeah, Carlos, Frank Carlos who's has piles of videotapes of him having sex with with a bunch of women who he describes only in like crude ways like big titty redhead from gas station or something like that yeah essentially he, he which yeah essentially you find out that carlos aka frank is is a a serial killer uh rapist 
and he's just yes. been living underneath this house. And we get more exposition from our homeless character later. We were just like, yeah, he's he basically had he impregnated all these women, and then he impregnated all those babies. And he had weird incest babies. So we get an explanation as to why we have this weird uh, mama character, um, and yeah. it's it, ooh, it, that that yeah, it goes a little maybe a little supernatural at that part, but a little bit of people under the stairs almost. But like it's mm-hmm. it is. It, 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 so we find out that she's essentially not a monster, but just sort of just like a product of incest and fucked up person. Yeah, and malnurture and and just living underneath a house as a fucking creature for for decades. Like the creature from the Goonies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, essentially, what is it? So it says that Reagan. So I think Reagan was a president in the '80s. So and we're in. So we're talking about like maybe like forty years, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, 40, 35 years, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and of course, this is the only one that's left. And we, we do see some cages. So we assume that Frank's had multiple women down there at one point. Against their will, Purasitas. Yeah. And he's obviously doing these things in the nasty room with the nasty shit bucket in the nasty camcorder, oh. obviously. So, so our shitty character AJ finds our shittier character Frank, and yeah. Frank Lose. And then at first AJ's just like, "Are you being kept down here too? Don't worry, man. We're gonna get you out of here." And then AJ finds the tapes, like you said, and then just realizes what he's doing. He's like, "I'm gonna call the cops." And Frank is motioning towards something on the drawer, and and AJ passes it to him, and Frank pulls out a gun. And decides that it's better if he just goes out now rather than being everything coming to light and being taken to jail. But essentially, this old man probably didn't have much longer to live anyway. No, he looked decrepit. But I, I guess if the mama character is like leaving the house, maybe like scavenging for shit, then it's probably keeping him alive off of milk and other shit. Ugh. Yeah. Nasty. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty gross. Uh, so then, AJ acquires the gun. Is trying to yeah, yes, he does acquire the gun. He does acquire the gun. Tess is looking for him to mm-hmm. save him, and we do get a little foreshadowing from before where AJ is like before when AJ went down into the basement to begin with. He does say, "I have a gun," which he doesn't at the time, yeah. but he does now. He does I- now and says nothing. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So Tess is looking for him. She shines the light down the hallway. Freaks fucking AJ. She sh- he shoots her. And he shoots her. The person who's trying to save him. <laughs> what the fuck? There was a there was an interview with the director Max Gregor, and he was basically saying that um, anytime he thought the script was going into some sort of trope or down a very predictable way, he would basically just go the opposite way. <laughs> He, yeah. he would just he would think of like the most ridiculous thing or the, the weirdest way to go, and he would go that way, which I think actually worked out really well for him. I agree. The he shoots her, and I actually think like this is the end of the movie. Like I totally think he shoots her because yeah, it's like how how is she going to continue from this point on? Oh, I'm like, but she does. It's like no good deed goes unpunished. 
you know, she yeah. tries to save him. She gets shot, and then she's fucked. And like, I'm just expecting to see the fucking credits roll as she gets fucking dragged back into the fucking darkness. Um, but no, he picks her up. No, and yeah. they totally fucking get the fuck out of there. Oh, I think. Which you're like, oh shit. <laughs> I think that's what happened. So Tess waits for the mama character to come out of the house at night, and then he she hits her with the car. Yeah, she pins her, but then she fucking disappears because obviously she is a, a supernatural creature. Yeah, she got that incest strength that you hear yes. so much about. <laughs> the strength of the lineage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and their car's fucked, and they basically basically decide to walk and find the homeless man who lives the in water the, tower. The water tower. Oh, that water tower. The the water tower full of water towels. Um, yes and, with the homeless man and that's where and he, he's like i've been protected by this place for 15 years she's never fucked up this place and then she mr kool-aid man's the fuck out of the wall <laughs> she hey he's like boom bitch did i hear you talking shit about me motherfucker and fucking kills poor homeless man who was so nice he did nothing wrong he didn't deserve it what does he get? His arm ripped off? I, he he just gets out of the I fucked. think he gets his arm ripped off and beaten with it, which is like something very cartoonish, but like <laughs> but like it works for this movie. And right before that, you're having Justin Long, AJ's character, having a very nice little monologue and you think he ha- might have a little bit of a redemption arc he's just like yeah he's like am i a bad person no maybe i'm a good person like he's like going back and forth between his like morals and like where he stands as a person he's, so you're hoping like oh shit yeah because he 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 realizes that he's a shitty fucking person he shot test he's not gonna be able to get out of this one um he's like he's trying to make up for it he's like i gotta save her because i hurt her and you can't you can't go around just hurting people and he's fucking crying he's having yeah. a freak out moment mama kool-aids your way like you said into the fucking where she busts like like that's a brick wall <laughs> literally a cement wall and they're like fuck so they're running up the water tower no but of no, course, no get, wait 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 let no. me interject no no no. another shit moment aj leaves her <laughs> he that's right he's like he has a redemptive moment he dips the fuck out and he runs out of the fucking room leaving her behind uh tess i mean and she scrambles to her feet and follows him up the water tower and i I don't know if he says something shitty. Like I forgot what he says at the point. I think he said. I think he says something along the lines of like, "I like you know I have to save me between you and me. I have to save me." Mama falls him up the water tower, and she's like, "I forgot." He's like, "Oh, maybe, maybe she just wants you, or maybe if I if if I give her you, you you can get away." I'm really sorry. And then he pushes her off. He the pushes foot. her off. Oh man, that's, that's at that point you're like fuck AJ. <laughs> oh, we were fuck AJ a long time ago, you know. Like we were, I know, but it was like this was an extra spicy fuck AJ because it was like homie, she literally risked her life to save you, and you have done almost nothing to even remotely repay you've, you've, her oh. for trying. Like you've tried to kill her twice right now. <laughs> like yes. that's and she the... has tried to save you multiple times at this point, you greedy little bastard. And Mama, with her mothering instincts, just dives off the water tire tower after Tess to save her. 
Um, yeah. Or not to save her, but yeah, essentially just to like, you know, to have, have her. Yeah. Well, I guess try to save her. Yeah. You know, but you know, mama doesn't know a whole, a whole lot. And in that heroic, weird moment, you know, it turns out that she was able to like cocoon her and give Tess the sort of cushion she needed on that fall down and Tess fucking survives. To survive. Oof. Yeah. She's a survivor. Oh, definitely a she final girl. She truly is a final girl. 100%. Uh, AJ runs down. He takes a look at the mess, finds out that Tess is alive, and he's like, oh, man. That was crazy. <laughs> you slipped. That's wild. Yeah, he's like I didn't do anything. Yeah, I can't believe it. He, it's so like it's so awful that he just flips on it everything he fucking does. He's just like, "Oh, you you totally fell. Didn't you see that? I I totally had you. Um that's weird that you're alive. Uh let's get you out of there." And then turns out Mama's still alive. She's still alive and she grabs AJ. And fucking yoinks him. Oof. Fucking, what does she do? A little pokes his fucking eyes out, which I'm pretty yep. sure is a nod to Jeepers Creepers. Uh, if you're not familiar with that movie, uh, Ashley, the um, um, have you seen that? I actually haven't seen Jeepers Creepers. All right, I've never. All right, I, I took a really long time to see Jeepers Creepers. Jeepers Creepers came out when I was in high school. Side note, and Said, my so friends, far. my friends went to go see it without me, and I didn't want to go see it anyway. But I was just having FOMO, and yeah. they talked about it for years about how it was the worst movie they ever saw. Jeepers Creepers is actually not that bad. It's bad if you pay for it, I guess, and you're. It's bad if you pay for it's it. It's bad if you pay for it, and you're like 17, and it's like the only money you have for the week, maybe. You know, but but they talked about it for years. And at the ending of that movie, Justin Long gets his eyes poked out um, just like Mama did right here. So I'm pretty sure. that, And he looks almost exactly the fucking same. Justin Long is aging really, really well. (laughs) Good for you, Justin. Uh, Good for you. Uh, And then Tess has the gun. She's pointing it to Mama this weird, weird, kind of like loving moment. She's like cooing at her. Tess walks off I wouldn't have been surprised if, like, the cops hit her with a fucking, you know, car or something. And that would have been really, really yeah, shitty. They were assholes. But, yeah, yeah. So, we know Tess is going to be okay because she essentially survived all that. Um, yeah. And credits roll. She no-scoped headshot no this sco- fucking creature. <laughs> wow, that's good. <laughs> and credits roll, and we have our movie, Barbarian. Ashley, what did you think? Mm-hmm. I thought that it was awesome. I really enjoyed it. And yeah, it, it was a lot of fun. I, I love the subversions of expectations. I love the little jokes. I liked the cinematography. There was never a moment where I got bored and wanted to grab for my phone. Oh. Like every moment I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. But what's going to happen? What's, what, what are they going to do? Huh? What's, what's, and I have really bad attention span. So it, it held my attention really well. Yeah, I, I would give it a, I would give it a 
seven out of ten old rubber nipples. Mm-hmm. I would definitely recommend it to friends. I would definitely recommend it to my uh, to some family members who don't watch horror movies because I think this is like something a lot of people like. You don't have to be a horror fan to like this movie. Essentially, this movie is yeah, I think is really 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 enjoyable for a broad audience essentially yeah. uh, so the whole time I was watching the movie with Penelope we kept calling the monster long titty bitch so I give this 8 long titty bitches out of 10 no bad, no I had bad. a great time okay yeah we recommend it high on our list alright Ashley I know you gotta go I do gotta go work All so right. but we can talk catch you later, later alligator alright have a good one and we'll talk to you guys later bye bye